Welcome to Design Your Life with Sandy. I am your host, Sandy Yang. I am a brain rewiring certified coach and human design expert. In this podcast, we talk about becoming the most kick-ass, unstoppable version of yourself, building a life of alignment and flow that you deserve, and taking a holistic approach to health and wellness. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at sandyyang.hd. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am very excited about this one. I'm not even kidding. I know I say that all the time, but in today's episode, I have my friend Sarah Bradley on. We talk about how to overcome perfectionism, overthinking, self-sabotage. Does that sound familiar? I swear, almost every single one of my clients, whether that is energy healing or human design or brain rewiring coaching, everyone struggles with those things, more or less. And honestly, nothing hurts me more when a generator tells me, yeah, I feel this strong sacral desire to do something I just know it is so right but then my overthinking takes over and I just self-sabotage and that just hurts me so much um like I know I struggle with those things as well so while we were recording I was just nodding my head like yes and As I was editing, I was so excited to share this episode with the world. Um, So I know you struggle with perfectionism, overthinking, self-sabotaging, all the things. And today's episode will really, really help you. Sarah is a holistic coach and healer. She is passionate about helping driven women get out of their damn way by getting to the root of their self-sabotaging tendencies. You can connect with Sarah on Instagram at Sarah B Wellness. She has an amazing podcast that I was a guest on called the Feisty Feminine Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes. Okay, I'm so excited for you to listen to this podcast. So I'm going to shut up and let you enjoy. If you have a friend who could use this information, don't forget to send it to them. Here's the episode. I will see you on the other side. Yay, we're here. And, uh, <laughs> after yeah. after some technical difficulties. Yeah, but that didn't take too long. Um, okay, how are you? How have you been? It's been a while since we last talked. I've been doing pretty good. Not going to lie, it's so cold in New England. It's unreal. Unreal. But otherwise, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing well. A lot of things are happening. You know, the energy has been like pretty intense, pretty crazy, all for the better. But just like, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm so excited for expansion and growth. But when you're like in the moment, you're like, what the F is happening? Exactly. That's how I felt coming into the new year because I took time off like so many people did. And I'm like, oh, right when it's the new year, I'm going to start doing all these things. And it's all I feel called to do is rest and kind of like marinate on like, okay, what do I want these things to look like? What do I want the foundation to be? So when I am ready to take this next step, it's just going to happen because I've already have everything situated for myself. Yeah. 
um, it's really interesting because we get so excited in December, you know, leading up to the new year. And we are like excited, like January 1st, that first week, but we always forget that's like also flu season and, you know, like people are getting sick and then there's like mercury retrograde and um, like an intense full moon. So, you know, first week was great. Second week for me was like, um, no, I don't feel good anymore. <laughs> what is? <laughs> and it's just like so crazy how this happens to me every year. Obviously, like these days, I'm like, you know, like better at reading my own patterns. But mm-hmm. yeah, like, we're, I think it's just so important to be, you know, grateful and happy that, okay, I do feel good now. But then it's probably not going to last and I don't have to be afraid of it because I'll yeah. always like, you know, come out of like, you know, lows. It's like an ebb and flow. So exactly. And that's, I was reading something where they were talking about like how everyone feels that once it's the new year, we always have to be like on the ball, doing the next thing, achieving our goals. But if we look at nature, nature is resting right now. So yeah, it's totally. like, And so it's like the new year for nature really doesn't start until spring when things are becoming reborn. So people are, the post is kind of being like, why are we trying to put all this pressure to perform when nature's not even performing? And that really helped me give myself permission on like, okay, I don't need to go balls to the wall with everything. Like I I can actually take my time. And if I want to rest or do something different, I can do that. Exactly. And I do always feel like, March, April, you know, when we don't have daylight savings anymore, you know, when the time changes, I feel like my whole being comes to life in a different way. I know, literally, it was, I think it was yesterday where I got back from a walk and it was still light out at 5pm. And I'm like, we are making moves, people like so happy about that. Yeah. So yeah, I totally feel you. I mean, I'm in California is not that cold. But um, lately, I've been like, you know, meeting people in real life who are like visiting and they're from like Washington or, you know, just like cold places. I'm like, oh, I'm so lucky. I don't ever have to deal with extreme weather. So um, hang in there. Oh, I will. Like, I know we're supposed to get a snowstorm tomorrow, but the weather in New England is they say one thing, but then the complete opposite happens. So we're always on our toes when it comes to the weather. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm really excited to chat with you. And I just love like what you talk about on Instagram, why I watch your stories. Um, you just like always make me feel something like, okay, like she has a point. I love her content. I love the way you show up. Um, and I was reading like deeper into what you do and you focus on helping type A like the overthinkers, the perfectionists, self-sabotagers get out of their own way. And I love that so much because I think we all do that a little bit. (laughs) So um, tell Mm -hmm. us, what is your story? Because you said you identify as a type A yourself. Yeah. So literally, I can just remember being back in school and I was always got the compliments of you're such a hard worker. You're so ambitious. You're so determined. And they're always like, you're going to go big places because you have this drive. And I really resonated with that. 
But what people didn't see is all throughout high school, college, and even now is so many sleepless nights worrying about, did I do this right? Did I do this wrong? What is this person going to think? Playing situations over and over in my head, wanting things to be not necessarily perfect, but I wanted things to be good enough because I didn't see myself as good enough. So I felt like, oh, if my work's really good and I get that validation from my work, then that means I'm good. I'm enough. And it really wasn't until honestly this past year that when I started exploring it more that I was like, wow, I'm like, that's how I've been living my life is this constant cycle of overthinking into self-sabotage or perfectionism into self-sabotage. And I see a lot in women who are so driven because I often find that we all might not be driven by the right thing Mm -hmm. in the sense of we may be driven by the validation, the approval, love, money, rather than being driven by like, this lights me up so fucking much. I just can't stop doing it. And it really wasn't until I started exploring my business in so many different ways. I've changed my nets so many times, just trying to see like what feels good to me. And that's when I found the type A and even narrowing it down even more into like these women who are just keep self-sabotaging. And I mean, I could keep going on and on about it, but I pretty much have always been a type A all my life. And it really wasn't till I healed my physical body that I realized how much it was impacting me. So, and that's essentially where it led to me today. Cause I know if I'm going through it, there's plenty of other men and women who are going through it too. Definitely. And I love that you brought up um, whether we're motivated by the right thing, because when we are like that energy and drive, we'd never have to worry about it, you know, being like too low or running out. Right. So how can we be motivated by the wrong things? And like, what are examples of that? Yeah. So going back to my experiences, I have always been ambitious. I've always been driven and determined. But when I think about in high school, I was very much driven by getting the validation from people. Like I wanted people to say I was doing the right thing in order for me to move forward. I wanted people to say I'm doing good. And even when I think back to relationships, I had very interesting relationships in high school, like so many people, but I was motivated by the chase because I was getting the attention I wanted. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was driven by. I wasn't driven by like, oh, I really like this person. I was driven by the attention. Mm -hmm. And I often find too, is when you're driven by quote unquote, the wrong thing or something that isn't lighting you up, it's draining and you have to put a lot of energy behind it. And when the idea of you not achieving it, it's debilitating. That's when, for me, the overthinking would come out because I'm like, oh, what did I do wrong? What are they going to think? Like, how can I fix this? Or just getting to a point of just like numbing out and dissociating. Because I literally remember it was junior year, Kelly Clarkson Stronger came out. And I literally remember listening to it in the car. And I was like, I am not going to give a fuck anymore. And to me, I was like, oh, I'm going to be confident. I'm not going to care what people think. But I cared so much. And me not giving a fuck was me putting that wall up, trying to protect myself. Mm. And even then, I still fell into those same patterns, even though I didn't give a fuck. I still wanted the validation and approval because I still didn't see myself as worthy worthy or enough. And that's where 
I always say, it's always about how are these things being reflected back to me and how am I feeling about it? Because mm-hmm. especially with me being a sacral authority, there's just so much constriction. And I didn't realize there was so much constriction until I started having really bad gut issues. So it could oh, also be showing up physically too. Yeah, definitely. And um, I know your niche used to be um, like gut health, helping mm-hmm. people with like bloating. And I feel like um, a lot of like high achieving women who identify like the Wonder Woman type, you know, <laughs> you can do everything, you are like an achiever. Um, they tend to have off balance levels of like cortisol. And that can really lead to like, just like your midsection being like really bloated and even like carried yeah. weight there. Um, so like how we think, act and like, you know, live our life really can like, you know, manifest in our bodies. Yeah, I always say that the body's always talking and our limiting beliefs talk the loudest when we have physical issues. Because I find that we have when we ha- start having physical issues is when we start listening. And I know that was the case for me. I, for the longest time, just with how our medical system is, I thought I was cursed with my mom's stomach because she has the classic IBS symptoms. And then I started having them and I was like, fuck, like I'm cursed. I'm going to be like this forever. And it wasn't until I got to college that when things started getting really, really bad that I was like, this isn't just IBS. And that really opened the door for me to not only heal my physical body, but then also healing on an energetic, mental, emotional level. And I often find for so many people I've talked to, that's how it is. It's like healing the physical body opens opens the door to that deeper healing. Oh, totally. Yeah. I see that in so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you literally ask them their story and they're like, oh, when I had this health issue and it's like, there it is. <laughs> there mm-hmm. it is. Um, so you're a manifesting generator and mm-hmm. I want you to talk more about how you feel. How do you know if you're working something and you're so in flow, you're so passionate about it, and you're just in that vortex versus you're like hustling really hard because, you know, when I'm a projector, so I don't really <laughs> work the same way. But um, I know for like a lot of generators and MGs, they can have that really great output, um, but they don't feel like they're hustling. Yeah. And that was something I had to realize because I realized I was trying to live my life as a generator, but I'm like, I'm a manifesting generator. So I have that aspect to me, but when I'm in flow, everything just feels easy and I feel so excited and it just lights me up where I'm like, Ooh, like that's a good post. Or like, Ooh, that's a good interview. Like whatever it is, I just get so excited about it. And I think the biggest is it's just easy. There's no forcing compared to how I did things not in alignment or things that didn't feel good is like, I easily get frustrated. And that's how I know right away that it's not in alignment. I easily get frustrated. I get annoyed. I get resentful and it's just hard. And it's like, it's that sense of forcing where I'm even to this day, I'm still trying to find that balance. Like I'm so excited for what I'm doing now in my business. I've Going into this year, I felt last year was me laying the foundation for how I'm meant to show up in my business for the people I want to help. And 
I'm just so excited. I'm so clear. And it just feels so good. And me just leaning into just following my joy rather than trying to force my joy is something that I continuously practice every day. Because for the longest time, I've always forced things where it's now it's my time to just let those things come in. Yeah. And that goes back to intention. If you Mm -hmm. like, I love that you're building your business from a place of joy, because then you're like going to see your business as a baby. And the opposite is when people force and like do things from frustration, and then they'd be like building something that they, you know, should be proud of. But then it's like, oh, I don't even like my business. And that's so sad. Yeah, that's that was a big thing was me reframing what work was. Because last year I'd be like, I would dread Mondays. I'm like, oh, I have to work my business. And it's like, my business is meant to be fun. Like what you're meant to do is meant to be fun. Because the more fun it is, the more you want to do it. And that's when I really had to change things not only in my business, but also just in my life. So I show up in that way. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's been hard for me because I always want to be putting stuff out. But it's like, I had to essentially take this month to kind of figure out, okay, Sarah, what do you want to talk about? How do you want to show up? Like, what platforms do you want to use? And I've never given myself that space before. Yeah. It's and now so I'm hard. <laughs> yeah. Because for me, it's, I find that like with masculine and feminine energy, my, more of my defaults, my masculine. So like the doing, the going, and I have to sometimes put effort to be in my feminine on like Sarah, like be creative, like pull a book out, do these types of things. And that's what I really leaned into and thought about with my business is I love my business and I want to do so much with my business, but I do not want to be working all the time. So how can I work with intention? So when I am working, it's actually a value, not me trying to fill a space saying that I worked. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that so much. There are sometimes, you know, I want to like be creating, but then I'm not having like visible output and then I feel bad. And that's Mm -hmm. like such a, just like a drain, you know, like shame and guilt, honestly. Um, I want to go back a little bit because Mm -hmm. you mentioned you were trying to work like a generator, but you're Mm -hmm. an MG. So like, what's the subtle difference here? Well, what comes to mind with a generator is that they can literally be working all the time when they're in flow. Like when they are in their past and they can just go 24 seven, 365 days a year. And for me, when I was learning more about human design and just spirituality as a whole, I, that's what I felt like I had to do that. I had to be working all the time. And if I wasn't working all the time that I really wasn't passionate about what I wanted to do. And what I found is that I have that generator aspect of when I hit that thing, I can work and go for it. But with my manifestor piece is that I meant to, the way I see is like, I meant to let a lot of things out into the universe for the universe to take care of, and then I can receive it. So like the generator piece is me giving, doing, putting stuff out there. And then the manifestor part of me is just letting it be, letting the universe work its magic and what's meant to come will come when it's meant to, not me forcing it to come. Um, it sounds like there needs to be more detachment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 
honestly, it's not even, it's so funny you say that actually, because that's the, one of the biggest things that I worked with a coach with last year is just detaching. Cause the, my biggest thing was, is I was very much attached to money. And when I worked with this person, I was just like, just, just fix my money mindset, just fix this. And what ended up being the thing is like, the reason I was attached to money is because I didn't feel safe. And I'm like, oh, if I have money coming in, I feel safe because I know I can pay for these things. But when you have your own business, there is a lot of uncertainty. And it's not like you get paid every two weeks. It kind Mm -hmm. of fluctuates. Mm -hmm. And so for me, detaching, it created more space for me to just try things on because I very much live from a place of other people's projections of how I should do things. And then with me not having that trust of like, oh, can I do this? Like, let me just ask this. Like, let me let someone else tell me yes or no. Detaching helped give me the space to just try things on and be free to do what I wanted, even if it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And that's been the hardest thing is I feel like we're not taught to do things that don't make sense. They're like, no, you're meant to follow this path. And if you don't follow this path, like you're doing it wrong or like something's going to happen. And so deconstructing that really helped me see that literally anything is possible, even if it doesn't make sense to my mind, but if it makes sense to my body, why not go for it? Yeah. And I am almost always envious in like a good way. When I (laughs) meet a generator or MG, I'm like, I love that juicy sacral energy. And it's so cool to like feel pulls, like to do certain things from a physical level, that full body fuck yes. I'm like, I literally never get that. That sounds (laughs) so amazing. Um, But I often hear generators and MGs they would feel that, but then they would struggle with so much overthinking that it almost ruins the sacral fuck yes. Yes, 100%. And for me, when the way I handled stressful or emotional things is like I would detach and numb out. So it's like I wouldn't feel anything. So for me, I was disconnected from my authority for so long because I was just so up in my head that I couldn't hear anything my body was trying to tell me. So the more I created safety in my environment, created safety for myself, regulated my nervous system. And this is something I very much want to start talking more about because I, trust me, I love the mindset stuff, the brain rewiring. It served me for a while, but I'm like, we're missing getting the body involved. Like, why are we so focused in the head when it's like the brain's a part of the body? Like, why don't we get into the body? And that was really helped me amplify those types of practices because I was no longer trying to dwell in my head. I was letting my body lead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for that sacral, like, fuck yes feeling, it it just feels so expansive. Like, it just feels like this radiation of energy. And I'll literally feel my body, like, sway forward. Like, yes, follow this. And when it's a fuck no, it's it's like this constriction, like this suffocation. And like, I'll just kind of like move away. I'm like, "Mm, like maybe not. And since I have been in my head for so long, it is a practice of when I feel fear or something come up, coming back to my body, because my body won't lie to me. My Mm -hmm. mind will. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was really powerful. I so agree with the nervous system piece because when it's like, you know, you're in that fight or flight 
sympathetic state, like you're not thinking straight, you know? No. And that was, I just think back to any arguments I've had, um, like with my boyfriend where if I'm, when I feel myself getting upset and emotional, he literally could be laying out a golden brick road for me. I will not receive it at all because I am so in my head with this emotion. And when you numb out, oftentimes you bottle up your emotions until you explode. That's how I dealt with my emotions. And I would just lash out at people. And my excuse was, I'm like, oh, I know you can handle it. Mm. It's not their responsibility to handle my shit show. That's my responsibility. And so the more I've become aware of like, oh, I'm getting upset. I'm getting emotional. I'm able to put a pause on these situations or this communication. So then I can self-regulate. So then when I go talk to them again, I can fully receive what they're saying. Cause I, that's where I find the biggest pitfalls for myself in my relationship was, is that I wouldn't allow myself to feel, I wouldn't allow myself to express how I felt or what I was doing. And in turn, I also couldn't hold space for them either when they were emotional. Cause to me, I'm like, why are you crying? Like, this is what you do. And so, so, you know what I mean? I resonate with this so (laughs) much. (laughs) So honestly, like learning how to feel again, strengthen my connection to my body, to my human design, but also just in my relationships where now I can really have that empathy and that understanding of like, this is how this person wants to be supported. Even if I see the solution in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that <laughs> because that's something I'm like experiencing on a personal level too. And uh, I definitely agree. We need to take responsibility in like feeling our own feelings and like whether we need to release it, we need to process it and just like feel it. And as you were speaking, um, it kind of just reminded me how before I dip my toes and like the energetic stuff, the spirituality, um, I never felt, I never understood why people were like, oh my God, like I'm feeling so anxious and, you know, there's so just like so much going on energetically when there's like an eclipse or, you know, a full moon, Mercury retrograde, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I never feel that. I refuse to feel that, but I want to feel you know, when things are good, like we have a really exciting new moon. I I only want to feel the good things. Mm -hmm. And that is just not a thing, you know? No, if you want to feel more pleasure, happiness, you're going to feel more pain and anguish because as humans, we're meant to have that experience of all of the emotions. And it really becomes easier over time because you're able just to move through things faster. And I find when we have unresolved trauma or trapped emotions It's because we don't allow ourselves to go through that cycle. And that's how it was for me. I just grew up with parents where my mom would just shut down and like, she wouldn't show emotion. That's how she handled things. So none of it's her fault. Like that's just how she taught me because she's like, that's how I survived. Mm-hmm. And so she essentially, I remember in high school, or middle school, essentially teaching me to be petty towards these people. And now 
that I've come to a place where it's so painful to bottle how I feel now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just need to let it out, whatever that looks like for me. And it just, it feels so much more expansive and freeing because you become self-sufficient. You don't have to rely on anything or anyone else. And that's the most empowering thing you can give yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that just reminded me how, like when I talk to clients and friends, so many women struggle with the limiting belief or like the shadow of like being just too much, like too emotional. Um, so yeah, I think it's good to be emotional because that's like the human experience. But yeah, like that just reminded me how a lot of us struggle with that and how a lot of us have been told like, oh, you're just overthinking or you feel too much. You're too sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And if we think about like the feminine is meant to be chaotic and like all of these types of things. And I find that a lot of women are afraid to tap into that sense of not being in control because they don't have that safety and structure of the masculine. And of course, this can be in relationships whether it's a heterosexual couple or same sex, whatever it is. But I find that you need to create that structure for yourself. So for me, when I really started exploring this work, it was kind of having these set practices of set timeframes because that gave me that structure of, okay, during this amount of time, this is what I'm doing, but I have complete freedom to do it however I want. And I've translated that to my business where I allot myself this time of like, I'm going to work in my business for four hours, for example, that's my support, my structure, but I'm able to tap into my feminine. And as I do my work, I'm able to do whatever I want that pertains to my business. And to me, that is so freeing. And it also helps me be consistent because I feel like that's another thing that we can kind of get in the cycle of being consistent, but then procrastinating. And then at least a self-sabotage where it's like, what does consistency look like for you in your life and really redefining that to what you want your life to be like? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so creating structure and safety in your environment can definitely help with regulating the nervous system. Um, you talked about you have like practices in place. Uh, can you offer more of these to the audience for yeah. regulating nervous system? Yeah, so... There's just so many different things. And for me, it's movement, doing yoga or Pilates, where it just helps you get into your body. And I find, especially with women, is like we're expected to do like these high intensity things. Whereas if we just come back into the body, it can just help naturally regulate and just movement in general can help regulate the nervous system. Breath work is incredibly powerful. And The nuance with this one is that if you are always in fight or flight, like you're always stressed, you're always just like jittery is doing more of the slow, like box breathing types of patterns, because you really want to bring yourself back down. But if you're like me, where you disassociate, you numb out, you actually need to activate yourself into fight or flight to then bring yourself back down. You can't jump from being numb to going into your parasympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So for me, that looked like doing like the Wim Hof breath pattern where it's like quick inhale, exhale for a lot of period of time. And it helps build this energy and then you hold and then you're able to release it. And 
for me, that helped activate my nervous system in a way where I was still in control, where I could have that cycle of activation and then bringing myself back down. Meditation is always, I would say, a go-to with anything. It's just that connection to yourself. And it also having a conversation with your body. That's what I did. It was like, I'd be in meditation and I'd be like, how is my body feeling? Like, what's going on? Is it, am I tingly? Am I warm? Am I cold? Cause that opens the door to that communication with your body again. But again, like this is all really dependent on how you handle trauma and stress, whether if you numb out, disassociate, if you fight, flight, or freeze, it really just depends on how you work through it afterwards. Yeah, I love this because honestly, when you're like really stressed out, you're in fight or flight in your head and you're trying to Mm -hmm. calm down in your head, it's almost like trying to grab fog. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't happen. Um, So getting grounded in the body, like changing the state of your body um, really helps with like changing the state of your mind. You talk about you being a type A or a perfectionist in the past, but like mm-hmm. that also comes with self-sabotaging. Like, how does that work? Because they're like complete opposite things, right? Yeah, I've actually been thinking about this because not everyone knows that they're a type A. And what I want the type A to be is kind of like, when you see it, you're like, oh, like that's me. And it's that sense of like, I'm not the only one who does this. And when you thinking about a big picture is overthinking perfectionism, needing to control everything, um, being afraid to show emotion. These are all forms of self-sabotage in their own way. So overthinking, for example, is a classic self-sabotage because you're often trying to talk yourself out of something or you're trying to predict the the future or you're in the worst case scenario. Like those are all self-sabotaging. Perfectionism is It's not about being perfect. It's more about wanting to be enough, wanting to be worthy enough. And with perfectionism is the overworking, the lack of boundaries. Like those are all forms of self-sabotage for yourself because you end up doing things you don't want to do, or you end up doing things for the wrong reason, where it's not filling your cup up. It's depleting it. Yeah. Um, Actually, perfectionism now just sounds like dog paddling desperate energy you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's not very magnetic. Um, so no. it has a lot to do with like wanting to feel worthy. And like, I struggle with this myself all the time. It's like, oh, um, I'm inherently worthy. Like I consciously understand that, but like, I struggle to feel worthy when, you know, I'm sick and I'm horizontal all day. Like I just don't. Um, you know, you know, the struggle I'm talking about. I do. I do. And for me, cause even to this day is like, I still struggle with overthinking and perfectionism. Like it never goes away. It's really more about accepting like, okay, like this is just a part of me. And the faster you accept it, the easier it is to move through it. Cause Mm -hmm. that's like with any limiting belief of fear. And I see it so much just with how people talk with it. Like, I just want to stop doing this. Why am I still doing this? I just want to get over it. It's not about getting over it. It's about accepting it mm-hmm. because they're always going to be there. You just get more efficient at moving through them. That's mm-hmm. why it seems easy and why it's not there. 
And yeah. it just becomes a daily consistent practice. And I think with self-worth, that is something that is something you can definitely self-source on like, okay, like you're born worthy. And then about deconstructing like what events or what things happened that planted the seed that you are not worthy of X, Y, Z. Because then you kind of start to see like, oh, like this is just conditioning. Like this isn't even my stuff. This is just what people put onto me because they don't think they're worthy. It's mm-hmm. easier to have people feel the same as you than have someone feel different. Mm-hmm. And I find the more you come back to yourself and come back to your own understanding that I can self-source love, safety, whatever I need for myself. It really helps helps you detach from those stories that were put on you. Yeah, yeah. And recently I've realized that when I feel like I have to do something to be worthy, like I need to go get it somehow, I just try to tell myself, um, it's not something I need to reach for. It's something that's just like within that I need to remember. Does that make sense? No, it does. It's, I find that with working with clients, it's just about helping them remember and helping them see the answers they already have. And that's what I tell them is like, I'm just helping you see yourself again, because all of these things you've went through are clouding what you can see in yourself. And it's just about peeling back those layers for you to see like, oh, I have the answers. I have what I'm looking for. And that's been the most empowering thing that happened to me last year, realizing that I have everything I need. It's just about me trusting myself and trusting my own compass. That's just going to lead me to where I'm meant to go. I don't need to force myself to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I used to kind of like work in my business, but wanting to like be successful. So I could impress my parents and then my dad could be like rave about me to his friends and brag. And I realized that I was like, oh, that's not like really working out for me. That's like really burning me out. And um, I was really feeling like drained when I think about working on my business. But when I realized that and like shifted that, it was like completely different. I'm like excited to show up. Yeah. And excited just to share what you're doing. Cause yeah, I, it was like last weekend where my grandparents very money focused. So they see other people in my family who went to college, like they're going to have like these certain roles. They're like, Oh, they're going to make all this money. But then they see what I'm doing. And they're like, how are you going to make money? And it came out of me where I was like, you know, like sometimes I just want to like roll up to their house in a really nice car and just like, be like, shove it in their face. Be like, you doubted me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I expressed that, I was like, Ooh, I'm like, part of me is still hurt by that. Like part of me still wants to prove this when I have nothing to prove and I don't have to share everything either. Like that was the biggest thing. Cause I always shared everything with my mom. And ever since I moved out and kind of, I kind of realized like I don't have to share everything I do anymore. Like I can keep things to myself. And that also takes the pressure off of like, oh my God, I have to explain everything I'm doing. I have to show them my finances. I have to show them I'm okay. It's like, they just have to trust that I'm okay because I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, in the example I talked about, 
I thought back to, okay, there was a time when my dad was really, really proud of what I was doing in career, but I was like so unhappy and I was so mm-hmm. bitter. Like you ruined my life. It's <laughs> <laughs> not responsible too. So just like, I think when um, we want to prove ourselves and we're like in that perfectionness um, you know, those tendencies, just like kind of think about who am I trying to impress, you know, and like, have I impressed them in the past? And how did I feel? Did that lead me to where I thought I would be, you know, so just like food for thought. Um, this has been so fun. And um, as we're talking, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked what you said at the end there about remembering, like, when your parents were proud. And I think it's about like, I have a list on my phone, like of how the universe supports me. Cause I find that our brain just forgets the good things that happen and just remembers like, Oh, remember like that shitty stuff that happened is like, you can have a list, like how the universe supports me, how I've, how my parents have been proud of me or whatever it is. And like continually adding to that list, because when you do get in that headset, you have something to look back to, to be like, oh, these things actually happened. Like not all of these bad things just happened. And it's just really about creating new experiences and new experiences of what are moments have I been proud of myself? Because that's the biggest thing is yes. remembering that is like, how can you be proud of what you've done regardless mm-hmm. of other people? Yeah, totally. And I love what you brought up because I think being able to like read our own energetics and read our own patterns. They're like such helpful tools to help us like, whether you're looking to manifest or just like, you know, feel more worthy. Um, I actually have a journal where I track like, okay, when I took this aligned action or like enforce this boundary, um, what kind of like came through? So it will be something silly like, you know, I found a parking spot right in front of where I have to be at like a busy part of town or like I got a free coffee. Um, so it's just like interesting when you can read your own energetics. Yeah. And it just, it really also just helps you to remember as well. Cause I know for me, it's, I'm easy to forget the good things because mm-hmm. I'm always like on to the next or I'm like, or how could it be better? That but is I'm like, like how our brains are soft wired. So it's not a yeah. fault, but like consciously, like making note is so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps you just tap back into gratitude of like, wow, like I have these things. I get to do these things. And it helps, I think, build that excitement back of like, oh my God, this is my life. And if this is how it is now, like, how is it going to be if I continue taking this action? And I would say like the last thing was, is it was this Tim Ferriss thing. My boyfriend had me watch and it really hit for me where I was like, instead of creating a goal list, create a fear list. And it was so impactful for me where it was, it pretty much helps you see like, you can't take, you have to take action. Like you cannot take inaction with it. And it was about Whatever it is, like say you want to start your own business, writing down all of the things that are coming up, like all of the fear. And then I'm probably not remembering this correctly, but it is a TED talk he did. You probably find it anywhere. But essentially, 
making a list of like, okay, how can I prevent this from happening? How can I work through this if it does happen? And then doing a separate list of like, okay, if I don't take action on this, if I don't start my business, how is my life going to be in six months? How is my life going to be in a year? How is my life going to be in three years? And I did it and it was, it was so much more impactful than setting goals. No, I get what you're saying. I recently came across something around this too. Um, So it's like this podcast episode with a neuroscientist and they were talking about the neuroscience behind achieving goals. And, you know, it's all good to like visualize and set goals, but like to keep the momentum going um, is to really like also visualize what will happen if you don't take action. And um. I think I talk about this in another episode, but we are more driven by fear. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we would be so motivated to do anything to prevent that from happening. So it's like so powerful to understand that and be like, oh, okay. Um, I can visualize how good my life will be, but it's really valuable to, you know, look at the fears and like the dark things too. Yeah. And especially if you're prone to overthinking is opening up a Google doc, using the voice to text function, writing it out. Because I find once you get it out on something and you read it back, you're like, what the fuck am I talking about? I know. It's like, if you, this is silly. This is what I think. Yeah. And then, but if you try to do it in your head, cause that's how I've literally gotten to here is like, just trying to work things out in my head. It's like, you literally are like, no, it's fine. But your brain's like, is it fine though? Like, it's is it like going to be fine? Spiraling. Yeah. Like there's like, it's like, you just go into this hole, but if you just get it out, you get that energy out and you look at it objectively. You're like, if my friend was talking like this, I would tell her to shut up. Like, what are you saying? So like, you can give that to yourself simply by just getting it out of your head. Love that. Yes. <laughs> okay well I think this episode is going to be so empowering for so many people all the overthinkers of the world which is like almost everybody I know honestly (laughs) okay tell us how we can connect with you um, work with you and all the things yeah so my Instagram is Sarah B wellness I do have things coming up in the future like YouTube channel, rebranding things. So I am very excited, but right now Instagram is the best place. My DMs are always open. I offer energy, healing, one-on-one support, really whatever you need. I am here to support you in any capacity that I can. And yeah, this has been an honor talking to you, being on this podcast. And I hope that I've taken a lot from it. So I hope your audience takes away some golden nuggets too. Is it just me or was that episode like super powerful? I think it's super common for us as individuals to think like, oh yeah, I do overthink, I self-sabotage, but other people don't. And the truth is we all do to some extent. And a lot of us can really use those techniques that we discussed in the episode. So make sure you come back to re-listen, send it to a friend or a loved one because we could all use this reminder. And again, connect with Sarah on Instagram, Sarah B Wellness. 
listen to her podcast, the Feisty Feminine Podcast. Just love the name, so on brand. Other than that, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll talk to you next time.